All right, so today we are doing the background on First Peter, and then tomorrow we will dive into the read-through, as we try to do on um, on our Bible reading, um, you know, apart from Proverbs or um, Song of, uh, or not uh, Song of, Ecclesiastes like we did recently. But at any rate, t- for today, uh, the first question would be, who is Peter? And uh, he, he was he was one of Jesus' first disciples. We know that, and he, and he was certainly one of the more thematic um, characters in a lot of the New Testament readings. You 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 can't really read the New Testament without getting a glimpse as to who Peter was. Um, he was he was certainly an emotional guy who was who was who was passionate. He was out front on a lot of things. Um, you know, when Jesus would ask a question of the group, he's the guy who raises his hand and always answers, and it gets him in trouble at times. But you, you can see, you, Peter's that guy, you can kind of read and almost read that he's got it wearing his heart on his chest, right? Like, it, it, it's, you can see who he is. Um, and, and you get this sense that as you're reading, if, if you didn't know history from the time of the Bible to now, um, you, you get the sense as you're reading it that if if Peter were to ever get it, and I'm air quoting get it, you know, if he really embraced what Jesus was teaching, that he would be really at the forefront of of spreading the Christian faith when that time came. And and of course, that's what actually happened because that's who Peter really was. He was originally named Simon, um, and he was famously renamed by Jesus um, as Caiaphas, uh, or I'm sorry, Caiaphas. Um, which is Aramaic and means rock. And then when you translate that into Greek, it's Petros, and and then it just became Peter to us. So uh, in terms of timing, the letter was, there's no um, exact, you know, we, we don't know the exact date, but as, as with many of these letters, um, Nero basically burned down Rome trying to weed out Christians. And the fact that this is never mentioned in any of these in any of these writings really pushes the date of these writings forward because, I mean, think about it. And we're going to talk about the theme of this book was um, was really thriving in a world of persecution. And could there be any better example to pull from or any better, you know, um, uh, historical event to pull from than that, than the burning of the city trying to kill and weed out Christians. Um, so the fact that it's not mentioned is an, is a fantastic, uh, corroborator for the idea that this was probably written in the early sixties. Um, Nero's persecution of Rome was mid kind of mid late sixties, I think. So this, this is probably early sixties and, um, you know, that puts it about 30 years after Jesus's death. And so we're talking about somebody who had been carrying on this tradition, verbally passing along these stories for 30 years. And then um, when when writing and reading became much more mainstream, they decided to go ahead and, you know, and write this stuff down. But he, this is within 30 years of Jesus's death, someone who had eaten with him, who had touched him, who had experienced life with him, who had watched Jesus' ministry develop. Um, and, and watched his death take place. So um, very strong evidence as to the life of Jesus. And then what's the story behind this letter? Well, you know, this letter, like I already said, it, it, it really is a story about, um, or not a story, it really is a, a discussion about uh, 
being a Christian in a world of persecution, um, he, he clearly identifies the, the letter to Gentiles, uh, to folks outside the faith, and um, more specifically to gr a group that was kind of dispersed across Asia Minor, which is Turkey today. Um, but there are you know, not just the suffering, but there are several themes that kind of are woven into this. Um, you know, the, obviously the, the suffering that paradoxically produces stronger faith, that, that's one of them. Um, and he, he talks about how that when, when we're born into Christianity, when, when we embrace the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and make Jesus our Savior in our hearts, that, that we're, we're born into a new family and that, that we're born into a new life as well. And there's a renewing of, of, of our spirits in that. And so that's a refreshing message. And then, um, and then he kind of circles back to this idea of how to live in a world where we're being persecuted. And to me, this is a great message because we've just come out of a political season of, uh, of a lot of persecution, of a lot of different people. Um, and th really, th there's no one who, who really could escape persecution in this season that we've been in. Even, even the majority were made the minority in, in, in a lot of ways. And so it, it's a great message of how to live a life relying on God and live a life relying on the work of Jesus rather than relying on violence to reshape the world and, and make it better. And so um, it's a great message. The Bible Project, one of my favorite sources, they've got videos online that you can look at. They they, they sum it up as um, that, that First Peter is, is a reminder that God's people have always been at least somewhat misunderstood as a minority. Uh, as a minority group, uh, because we're living under a different king and in a different paradigm than the rest of the world. And that persecution offers us a chance to show others the generous love of Jesus. I, I love how they said that. So strength and suffering, seeing suffering as a tool for our development and our witness to others. Um, th this is what we'll be diving into in the days ahead. Tomorrow we'll do the read through where we just kind of read through the whole thing and, and see what sticks. And then, uh, and then we'll dive in, uh, kind of on a chapter by chapter basis after that. Mm -hmm.